0: today, I want to share with you the final message of the Home for Christmas series we've been doing all month long. We've been talking about Home for Christmas. We've been tying it to our home, to our families, and, uh, and talking about family. We've been talking about our church family and uh, the whole idea of family and the hustle and bustle and everything that goes with it. Today, I want us to talk and, and talk about and look at having a 2020 vision for your home like every preacher in the country has been waiting for the year 2020 so that we could use the term 2020 vision. And it's like, I didn't want to get behind the ball, so I'm doing it now before we even get to 2020. And as we close out the 2019, we look forward to 2020. It is a good time to reach for a fresh vision. And I want to challenge you this morning to seek out God a vision for your life, a new vision for your life and for your family. Get a new vision for your family. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to just write some references up here for your reference so that you can write them down and look at them later and meditate upon them. But Proverbs twenty-nineteen says in the King James Version, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The New International Version says that without a vision from God, the people cast off restraint. Okay, that's what the New International Version, that's a more literal translation, is that where there is no vision from God, the people cast off restraint. They go astray. They do whatever seems easy and convenient and pleasurable at the time. Isn't that true? When you don't have a, a higher purpose, when you don't have a higher goal, a vision that you're reaching for from God, you know, you don't have this this thing out there that you're stretching for, what are you going to default to? Whatever feels good. Whatever kind of gets me by. Whatever, if I don't have a, some kind of higher purpose that I'm chasing after, then I'm just going to go with what my body wants to do, you know, what I feel like. Uh, and so... The Bible says, where there is no vision from God, we go astray. We do whatever seems easy and convenient. We stop working toward a common goal, okay? And we just do whatever feels good for ourselves. Without a vision, people throw off self-discipline and indulge their appetites. Whatever gets them high, whatever, uh, whether it be substances or food or sex or money or power, the end result is what King James calls perishing. And that's why we have Without a vision, the people perish. It's dying. It's withering away. It's failure to thrive. Uh, Why would this be? Why would a lack of God-given vision bring about death? And it's simply because a vision from God, get this, a vision from God is powerful. It is a powerful thing. It is a life-giving, life-directing force in your life. A vision from God is, is like like a big upcoming trip that you look forward to and you plan for and you get excited about. Uh, Pat and I have had this goal. It's it's been kind of my dream, and I think she kind of caught on. To, oh yeah, I like that dream too. And and I kind of sh- and the idea was to 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 take a vacation with her. Younger sister and their kids because they all have kids same age as our grandkids you know and and uh, and and have a vacation all together like at a beach have a beach vacation we were thinking maybe on the Gulf of Mexico you know and go down there and and get together maybe maybe we could rent a beach house maybe we, all the families could go in together and pitch in and and rent a beach house there well we finally decided because um, because dad. Pat's dad wanted his ashes put into the Atlantic Ocean um, that we're going to go over that way. And we're going to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is where (laughs) I got this whole idea because growing up, my, my... my mom's family and her sister's family, all we all got together at a beach house around Myrtle Beach. And we did this like every year for a long time. And those are some of my fondest memories. And I said, oh man, I'd love to be able to do that. We have never been able to really afford to a beach vacation like that in a beach house. But finally, everybody's, everybody is on board with it. They're all looking forward to it. They're excited about it. And, uh, and let me tell you the power of vision, okay? There was a falling out between one member of Pat's side of the family and one member of her sister's side of the family. And there was tension, and there was like, I am so mad at you. And people were telling those people, saying, you better straighten this out because we're going on vacation with these people (laughs) in July. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and, and I don't know I don't think that was their whole motivation but I tell you what it didn't hurt it didn't hurt to have a vision and so um, having a vision from God is kind of like ha- having a big upcoming trip that you're looking forward to and you plan you get excited about uh, I had a client once who said to me when people don't have anything to look forward to it's hard to be happy isn't that true Uh, A person needs to have something to look forward to, to to buoy them. Uh, And so does a family. A a family, when you have a vision of health and closeness and respect and communication and love, you have something to work toward and look forward to. And it brings cheer to your heart. So a vision is kind of like this thing that's out there, this big upcoming trip. A vision is also kind of like the lift under the wings of an airplane. When there is enough pressure under the wings, the plane rises, right? And when the pressure under the wings diminishes, the plane loses altitude. And without a vision, uh, entropy kicks in the the pressure under the wings starts to diminish and the pressure above the wings pushes it down and the family uh winds down and disorder and randomness increases without vision life sinks lower our family life gets smaller our family life goes nowhere and vision invigorates and it lifts like wings under the or like air under the wings vision is also like sunlight this is one of our little sciency things that we used to do, and maybe you've done it with your kids, uh, Tony, is you, you have a plant and you put a sun lamp on it, and, uh, or you just turn the plant in the window, right? And the plant will automatically kind of go toward the sun, it'll face the sun. You ever, ever do that, ever see that? And, and you turn it and, and, you, and you can watch the, the plant kind of following the sun around. Vision is, is like sunlight that plants turn toward and reach for, causing them to grow and develop. Okay, when we lack a family vision, our family lacks growth and change. We don't develop and become more Christ-like. When we have a vision from God, we start to grow toward that vision. When you have a vision out there from God of like this where you want to be, where you want to go, where God wants to take you—you you start to kind of grow toward that. It's like, oh, I can never do that. I can never accomplish that. I don't, I don't have the power to do that. But God grows you toward it. it. Might take decades, but that's the power of vision. A vision is a power, life-giving, life-lifting, growth-producing force in our lives and in our families. And just as it true, it is true that where there is no vision, the family experiences perishing. Where there is a clear and hopeful vision, the family experiences strength and growth and thriving. So, what is vision? What is vision? Vision is a picture of a preferred future or a desired future. Okay? Future is involved here. Okay? It's something that isn't that we don't see right now, but it's a picture I have in my mind. It's a picture I have in my heart. I can just see it, okay? And I could, I could see us as a family this way. I could see us smiling. I could see us like this, and it's a desired future that we have. And, and a, uh, obviously, a, a vision from God is a picture of a desired future that God desires as well okay, that you'll desire it, but God desires it as well. When Peter had a vision of the sheet descending from heaven, and all the different kinds of animals were in the sheet, if you want to look that up in the book of Acts, Um, and Jesus said, Peter, get up and eat. and said, no, hey, I've never eaten unclean animals, you know, I don't eat pigs. He said, oh, go have some ham. He's telling, Peter, go have some ham, try bacon. Oh, the world is about to discover bacon, Peter and 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 this happened three times, and it was a picture of a future when Jews and Gentiles no longer were no longer divided, but were united under Christ. I'm really looking forward to this uh, it's in the spring, yeah, it's in the spring. On Monday, Thursday, there's the uh, community prayer breakfast, okay? And uh, by the way, I've got two tables. Would love to have you come and bring a friend from work, okay? Uh, in, and uh, we do this community prayer breakfast, and uh, this year, the speaker is a Muslim who became a Christian, okay? Okay? And the person who's introducing him is a Jew who became a Christian. <laughs> and what does the Bible say that there's no longer any division in Christ, you know, between Jew or Gentile? And, uh, and, and he made the two, he broke down the wall of hostility and made the two one, right? And, and only in Christ could something like that happen. Uh, and so Peter had this vision of this preferred future when Jews and Gentiles are no longer divided, but united in Christ. When the apostle John was exiled to the island of Patmos, Jesus appeared to him and gave him a vision of the ultimate battle between good and evil, okay? And it resulted in the, and it results in the ultimate victory of Christ. If you haven't read the end of the book, you're on the winning team, okay? You're on the right side of history, just saying. And, uh, and so this was the vision. It was a vivid and powerful, if oftentimes metaphorical or confusing, picture of how God plans to work everything out for Christ and his people. That's what a vision is. Uh, when God gives you a vision for your life and for your family, you get a picture in your mind of at least three things, okay? One, you see a new kind, the new kind of person that you will be. I think a lot of times when families are in distress and there's angst, there's tension, there's feuding, there's estrangement, the members really don't like themselves very much either. I don't like the way I am when I'm talking to you. I don't like all the stuff that bubbles up when I'm like this. And instead of working it through or something like that we oftentimes choose to end that relationship but when you have a vision of a new of your family having a new way a new happiness you picture yourself in that family like that and the smile in your heart and the warmth and the joy you feel and the connection you feel, you have a vision of yourself in that, in that picture. You see yourself in the picture, okay? And here's a little hint toward working toward a vision as you grow toward that. Start being that person. Just start being that, even if everybody else is still being a curmudgeon, okay? If everybody else is being a jerk still, you just be that person anyway. That's what I tell couples all the time. It's like, no matter what the other person does, you act like a Christian. Be a Christian because that's who you are. Okay? How you act does not depend on how they act. They can act like a jerk. You be a Christian. Okay. Uh, another thing you'll see in a vision is you'll see the overall impact that your life will make. When you have a vision of your life and family you're going to to see the overall impact that that your life will make on other people that your family will make you'll you'll see and then you'll see these new dynamics that your family will have so you see yourself you see your impact and you see the new dynamics of your family sometime in the mid to to late 90s after we moved our family moved to rapid city in 93 i read the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Has anybody ever read that book? It's a good book. I really like it. I I refer to it a lot, even now. And by the way, if you have Kindle Prime, you can still get it. You can get it on your Kindle for free. Um, And I I read that book by Stephen Covey. And habit number two is called Begin with the End in Mind. That's habit number two out of the seven habits. And he said, in your mind's eye, see yourself going to the funeral of a loved one. And as you look inside the casket, you suddenly come face to face with yourself. This is your funeral. 3 years from today, you look at the program in your hand and there are to be four speakers. The first one is the first is from your family, immediate and extended, who have come from all over the country to attend. The second is one of your friends, someone who can give a sense of what you were as a person. Uh, The third speaker is from your work or your profession. And the fourth is from your church where you've been involved in service. Now think deeply. What would you like each of these speakers to say about you and your life? (laughs) That's a great thought exercise. And he says, what kind of husband, wife, father, mother would you like their words to reflect? What kind of son or daughter or cousin? What kind of friend? What kind of a work associate? What character would you like them to have seen in you? What contributions, what achievements would you want them to remember? Look carefully at the people around you. What difference would you like to have made in their lives? And after reading about the habit beginning with the end in mind, I decided to to write out my vision for my life and family. And I wish I could share it with you now. Uh, I can't find it. I really, I dug through the house. I know it's been 25 years or so. I dug through the house and I, I thought it was in this certain lockbox. I had saved it. It's not there. So I don't know. You can pray that I'll find it. I'll probably have to write a new one. And I will anyway, because now I've got grandkids and they weren't included in this uh, way back then. But uh, I decided that I would write out my vision for my family. And I re- remember... I wrote it like a journal entry, like some 40 years in the future. I didn't go three years. I went way out in the future. And when I, when I would be maybe in my mid-70s, and I started out, I remember it started out, I can't believe all that God has done in my life. That's what I started with. And from there, I described becoming... A person of great faith that courageously pursued God's will and saw him do amazing things around me. And I, I described someone whom God had helped overcome besetting sins and get victory over self. I described how God worked, uh, had been working through my life to inspire faith in others. I described how I had the privilege of building ministries and writing books that made a difference in people's lives, bringing many to faith in Christ. I described how Pat and I had become so close and the best of friends that we genuinely enjoyed one another and laughed together often. I described how each of our children had grown up to become men of God who impacted the world around them in their own unique ways. You know, Joshua was an influential leader. You know, I could see these uh, things in the kids as they were. Uh, Pat and I both could see them in the, as they were kids. Uh, Caleb was a kind of a creative genius. Nathan is a genuine lover of people and animals. And I described the kind of house that Pat and I lived in with a wraparound porch and access to a lake and how the kids would bring the grandkids in and we'd take them out on a boat and go skiing and tubing. Some of these things haven't happened, uh, like most of them. <laughs> I don't remember what it all was in the vision, but I often think back on it And I am awestruck that even if the details aren't all there, the Spirit definitely is. I definitely have this feeling of life and joy and family and purposeful ministry that this vision conveys. A vision is a powerful force to move your life in a positive direction. When you get a vision, it's funny when you write it down, it's funny how your life starts to go that direction. So, how do you go about getting a vision from God? Here's where I want you to, if you have a Bible and you want to look it up, it's in Ephesians 1, 17, and 18. Ephesians 1, 17, and 18. This shows how to receive a vision from God, okay? Uh, And it's through prayer, because Paul's praying. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation, that's vision. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So first of all, he says, I keep asking And I think that's our first key to getting a vision from God is to keep asking. He says, Paul said that he kept asking God to give the Ephesians something. Since this is also written to us from God, it's like God is saying to us to keep asking him for the same thing. What do we have to do to keep asking God? We need to create space in our lives to hear God. We need to get ourselves in a place where we can Quiet our souls, focus our hearts, and listen to God. We need to make the time and place uh, and find a place where we can really do this. And I firmly believe that this is exactly the kind of communication that God wants to have with us. Okay? This is the kind of information that He wants you to have. He wants you to ask. I mean, that's why Paul says, I keep asking. That's why Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. That's why James said, if any of you lacks is, uh, wisdom, he should ask God who gives freely to all without even finding fault. God will give you a vision for your life and family if you will just create the space to receive it. And the problem isn't God's willingness to give it. He is plenty willing Okay. The problem is, are we in a place where we can hear it? Are we ready to tune in and listen for it? We're coming up next week. We're going to start 21 days. Is it next week or the week after? Huh? That's the week after. In two weeks, we're going to start our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. So there's the announcement. In two weeks, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this every year. And uh, we uh, ask you for prayer requests. I think we're going to do that again. Ask for prayer requests. And uh, things that you are praying to God for, that you are seeking God for. Uh, I talked about Circle Maker Book, drawing circles around your biggest dreams and your biggest fears, okay? It's like, what is it that you need God to come through on? And what is a dream that you have that you would like to draw circles around? And we're probably going to have uh, prayer request cards that have circles on it somehow. Uh, we're gonna, I'm looking at Liz like, hey, could you come up with something like that? <laughs> and uh, we're going to have something. And, um, uh, and we're going to pray circles around these things for our 21 days. And especially at the end of 21 days, we do our 24-hour prayer vigil. And that's where we're going to be praying circles around things that are in your life and also for your church. Because we're looking at, uh, it's getting time to start getting serious about building our wing out here. So we got some financial things to do and draw circles around and pray for and work toward uh, in order to be able to get, to get to the building part of it. And so we're going to be praying about that. And this is where you can uh, create a time and a place where you can really focus your heart and listen to God. God will give you a vision for your family, for your life, if you'll just create the space to do it. Proverbs uh, 17b then says this, Uh, he tells us what we are to ask for. And he says, pray that God gives you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we have spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Wisdom means discernment and insight, right? It's an understanding. It's understanding God's will. It's understanding God's heart, understanding God's nature, what he's like, what he values, understanding his desires for you and for your family, okay? Revelation means uh, that God gives the vision. He paints the picture in your heart and mind. When you have the spirit, he gives you the wisdom and revelation of a God-honoring vision for you and your family. Then verse 18, the first part of it says, to pray that the eyes uh, of your heart may be enlightened. So it's uh, enlightened heart. Heart that light will flood into your heart, okay? Uh, To have your eyes enlightened, that literally means that that you're able to see the light of day, okay? That you're able to perceive the world around you uh, when your eyes are enlightened. If they're darkened, that means they're either closed or you're blind, right? Uh, And so when they're enlightened, they're open and not blind to light. To have the eyes of your heart enlightened means that your heart is not blind to the things that God wants you to see with your heart. We need to pray that our hearts are flooded with light. Having a heart flooded with light means at least a couple of things. It means that our consciences are clear. Hebrews 9.14 says, how much more than will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God we're no longer in darkness we're in light our conscience has been cleaned cleansed when our hearts are full of light they're cleansed and purified so that we can receive God's vision not just one that serves darkness or our flesh secondly when our hearts are filled with light it means that we have a yielded heart John 1 7 17 says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever chooses to do the will of God. My, I choose to do the will of God. My heart is yielded to him. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you say, God. You are Lord. You're the king. I want to follow your ways. I know that the benefit to me is, is joy and peace I know that uh, even though everything may not always work out, I'll have, I'll have fortitude, strength, and, and uh, peace. When we have a submissive heart to do the will of God, then our hearts are enlightened so that we can see the vision that God has for us. And then finally in this uh, passage, we have the second part of 18b, or 18, verse 18 says, that we will know the hope to which we are called. Know the hope. <laughs> what does that say? Desired future. Vision. This is how you get a vision. The Living Bible says that we will see something of the future. In other words, when the eyes of your heart enlighten, the Spirit gives you a picture of a preferred future, a vision for what your life is and your family could be like. It's like a desired outcome or goal to set your sights upon. So that leads us to another question. When I receive a vision for my family, I get this dream, this picture. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? That's where we go to Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habakkuk. I, I really, I literally do not know how to pronounce this. I can barely spell it. Habakkuk uh, 2, 2 through 3, shows what to do with the vision from God. Get this. Uh, Julie Norwood shared this on the radio when I was in the station this this week for Lifestyle Show. And... Uh, And I was blown away. It's like, man, why didn't I ever see this before? I try to read through the Bible every year, you know, and I just must have glossed over that every single time. And it says, verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. This is the New uh, American Standard Bible, NASB. Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. (laughs) For the vision is yet to for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. That's a confusing verse, but it's a powerful one. It's a little confusing. I'll show you why here in a minute. First, God tells us to record the vision. Okay, record it. What does that mean? (laughs) Write it down. Just write it down. There is something about actually writing down the vision, the goal, the desired outcome that gives it more prophetic power. When you write it down, it becomes more than this whimsical wish in your passing thoughts. It becomes an actual prophecy in your heart, in reality. It's just like in Genesis where it says that God spoke the universe into existence. One phrase at a time, he's speaking the world into existence, let there be light. When when you write down the vision that God has given you for your life, for your family, you start this creative process of bringing it about in the physical world. Many people are reluctant to actually write down their vision, I think. I think maybe, maybe they feel silly doing it. Uh, maybe they feel pretentious. Maybe they think it just puts pressure on themselves to start pushing it to make it happen. More likely, though, I think it's really fear. They are afraid that writing it down will raise their expectations so high that they will ultimately be devastated and disappointed when it doesn't come about. That's why you really got to seek God, seek God, seek him for his vision. The problem with this is that they're partly right, okay? When you get a vision from God, this is what I've learned. You're going to go through some long periods of disappointment because it won't seem like you're getting any closer. There will be times that you go through, it just seems like you're getting further away. You're not getting any closer to this vision. We're getting further away. Uh, In fact, it'll seem like you're moving further away from the vision at times, but God says record the vision. And why does he tell us to record it? So that the one who reads it may run. Let's say running reader. There, that could be a PBS show. The running reader. Why write it down? Why record it? So that the one who reads it may run. Uh, when you write it down, it's clear in your mind, okay, and you know where to go. You know where to run. Okay, writing it down clarifies the goals that you set and what actions you take in the meantime. Okay, not that you're pushing, but you, it, it helps clarify decisions as they come along. Writing it down clarifies what goals you set and what actions you take, and you also know how to describe it to others. You know, just like I was able to describe my 1990s vision to you, even though I, haven't, I don't have it in hand anymore, I haven't seen it for years and years, I can remember pretty much everything that was in there because I took the time to write it down way back then. And I still remember it. It became a thing in my hands, okay? A thing I can remember, not just a passing thought that I've long since forgot about. Not only that, when you write it down, others can read it. And when they read it, it might inspire them to run with it alongside you, When your family reads it, it affects them so that they can run with it too. Someone with just the right resources might also read it and decide to jump on board and help it to be fulfilled. You never really know how God is going to use your vision, but you can know this. If you don't write it down, there isn't much God can do with it. You're likely to just forget that you ever had such a thought. Verse 3 says that the recorded vision Hastens toward the goal. Hastens to the goal. Hastens, that's a nice word. When I read that, I think, wow. You know, if that is an an amazing promise. God is literally saying that the vision he gives is accelerating toward fulfillment. God is not delaying. He's not dawdling, he's not diddle, dithering, he's not dilly-dallying, okay? he's not lollygagging or any of those things. The vision is hastening toward the goal. It's a promise your life and family will, will assuredly steer in the direction of the vision. Then the verse says, though it tarries, wait for it. Okay, this is where it gets confusing. Let's do it this way. Though it tarries, wait for it. That's interesting. Tarries literally means dawdle, dither, lollygag. (laughs) Okay, delay. Uh, And so God says that the vision is both rushing and dawdling at the same time in the same verse. How in the world can that be? Which is it? It's kind of like, you know, make up your mind, God. Which one is it? What do you think he means by this? Are you here? Are you with me? Are you tracking? Okay, so what do you think he means by this? How can he say that? I mean, he kind of jumps back and forth. He, you know, he says, it's hastening toward the goal, though it tarries, wait for it. It surely will happen at the appointed time. But um, it, without delay, he says, let's see, what else does he say? He says, he um, says, It hastens, it won't fail, though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come, it will not delay. How can both those be true? Anybody got a thought? Yes. Just that his work is so big and huge and far beyond us, and he's he's rushing through all of that, but we need to wait for our sliver of that. For our sliver of it. I like the way you put that, Joyce. The work is so big, there are so many pieces and moving parts, we could never... We could never maintain that. We could never control that. What all has to happen to see the vision that's in your mind come about? You know, there's a lot of other players and there's a lot of other pieces. There's a lot of other moving parts. Only God can do that. And guess what? He's on it. It's happening now. He's working at it. But as far as your part goes, you're just like, man, this ain't never going to happen. You know? But he's out there and the angels are going at it. The angels are working. Okay? We have a vision to to build this uh, addition here, to get property and to build a community center. And it's like, my goodness, we're not getting any closer to that. It's like, I mean, it's just not happening. Nothing. It hasn't sold yet, <laughs> property. And so it's kind of like God's at work maybe on the opposite side of the world right now. Maybe. On the opposite side of the world, he's doing so. I don't have any inside knowledge on this. I'm just saying this could be possible. That there are things that have to be... There's something that has to occur in China (laughs) in order for us to build a community center in Rapid City. Could be. And we don't see all that, but he's at work. Okay? What does he got to do to save your family? There's all kinds of stuff happening. What's he got to do to... Uh, see you accomplish the goal, the vision that he, that he has put in your heart for your own life. All kinds of pieces that are coming about. And so he says, wait for it. Be patient. Okay. Um, in the spiritual realm, once you've written it down, it is a done deal. The angels are running with it, putting all the pieces together behind the scenes in the spiritual realm the vision is rushing to fulfillment but in the natural realm the place that i can see it looks like we'll never get there we can see it out there kind of like mount everest you know I, I, have you ever driven toward the mountains and you think oh there they are we'll be there any second and you just keep driving and driving and driving. <laughs> you know uh and it's kind of like we we don't seem to be getting any closer even though we're going 60 miles an hour Yet God is saying, even though it doesn't appear to be coming into being, trust me, the vision is going to come about in my appointed time. That's what he said. All things are moving towards fulfillment. You only need to be patient, relax, have faith, smile. It's gonna happen. Just be patient. God has given a vision for your church family. And a lot of it is out there like Mount Everest. We're moving toward it, but it still seems like it's a way off. It's a vision of a church that can powerfully and effectively come alongside people and walk with them toward wholeness and holiness in Christ. It's a vision of ministries that help people come out of of the poverty of the heart and into thriving spiritual abundance. It's a vision of disciples who make disciples who make disciples who start ministries that come alongside people to make disciples who make disciples. It's a vision of a church that impacts a community in such practical ways that the community can't help but give glory to God. Like Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before others that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's the vision of facilities that facilitate ministries that, that help people order their lives around biblical principles and getting healthy spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, even psychologically we have a vision to add this classroom space to the to this building here in the next few years the sooner the better we need it now as far as i'm concerned we need that and a second bus already you know we're needing to go two different directions with the bus every week the the space uh, for the classrooms that can facilitate greater children's ministries growth groups recovery groups life in classes and more we have a vision to acquire more acreage uh, next door and ultimately build a community center type facility that houses major ministries that truly let our light shine before a community that it may see the good deeds and glorify our father in heaven but like habakkuk 2 verse 3 says the vision is yet for the appointed time it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail though it tarries wait for it though it will for it will certainly come it will not delay now Let's take a little caveat, family caveat here. You might be wondering, what if I have family members who don't share the vision that I feel like I've got for our family? I mean, that's a thing, right? You're not the only one who has ideas, <laughs> right? Our vision for our family, I think, needs to allow room for them to have a vision from God for their lives. If it's truly from God, there's going to be some co Coinciding, right? Um, your family may be experiencing some kind of some level of estrangement or disunity, and there seems to be nothing to look forward to. Remember, my client says when you don't have anything to look forward to, it's hard to be happy. There may be nothing to look forward to, and that makes it even that makes it even more important that you, as a Christ-following member of your family get a powerful vision from God. Makes it even more important, okay? Because there's disunity, there's tension, there's estrangement. You need to have a clear picture in your heart of the family dynamic God wants to bring into your family. And as you envision a desired future for your family, remember that God gives everyone their own free will, and it will help you in your envisioning to envision your family members also pursuing God's vision for them, God. God. I envision my kids turning to you and seeking you out for your will in their life. Now, you obviously can't force it or make your loved ones pursue God's vision for their life, but it's still a desired future that I think is worth holding on to, writing down, praying like crazy, praying circles around it. Somehow, God can bring it about. Why else would the Bible tell us to pray for people to know Christ, like Romans 10.1 and Acts 26.18? If your kids do do know Christ, or your family members do know Christ, and and like you're casting a vision for their lives, be flexible in how God fleshes that vision out. Right? I had a vision of Joshua becoming a leader of people for God's glory. That's exactly what he's doing. Um, In my vision statement, I wrote, a vision of Caleb using his creative talents to help ava- advance God's kingdom, sort of like a, a, a consultant. Pretty specific. Well, that hasn't really happened like that. He's selling drugs. <laughs> he's a pharmaceutical rep. And so he's doing all right that way. But he does write songs and, 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 and he's writing stories. He's still using his creative talents. And at some point, you know, all of this could still happen. Uh, Nathan is indeed a lover of people and animals. That doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna become a veterinarian pastor, okay? Uh, or something like that. The point is, be flexible with your family and pray that, uh, for the broad strokes of a family who loves each other and, and loves God, that that would be fulfilled. So we've seen Proverbs twenty nine, eighteen says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That means they don't thrive. They don't, they don't rise. They aren't happy. They don't grow. By seeking God for his vision, writing it down, being patient and flexible, you'll find your life rising up and steering toward a new place. Okay? John Maxwell used to say, shoot for the moon and hit the fence post. It's like, you know, you never would have hit that fence post if you didn't shoot for the moon. <laughs> Uh, but you'll find your life moving in that direction. That's what I've seen. Create a space to seek God. This is my specific challenge. Create a space to seek God for his vision for you and your family. Write it down. Read and pray it every day. Do that for at least 90 days. Just read and pray your vision every day. Get it in there to where you've about got it memorized. You could just, you could just recite it. It's like by rote. Get, keep reading it until you're totally bored with it. When you're totally bored with it, read it some more until it's almost like, eh, I'm never going to get there. And just get it in there. You're going to see. You're going to see. I, I just, I believe this with all my heart. We're going to worship the Lord here. And uh, what I want to do is, is lead you in a prayer, you can pray in your heart, of seeking God for vision in your life. A new vision for you, a new vision for your family, a 2020 vision for 2020. And, um, and then we're just going to spend some time in his presence, singing his praises. Let's stand, if you would, please. And uh, band, why don't you come on up? Let's pray. Lord, I desperately need to see the heavenly vision revealed in your word. Save me from living an aimless Christian life that falls short of your mark. Grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know your plan. Enlighten the eyes of my heart. I fully turn my heart to you I give you the ground to touch every part of my heart, my mind, emotion, my will, my conscience, so that nothing would hide me or veil me from what you want to bring. And Lord, I praise you that you are the true light that enlightens every man. Lord, may I be able to say like Paul, I was not a disobedient to the heavenly vision. In Jesus' name. Amen.